T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. All right, let's get right to it with our guy Jay Gruden, who's getting ready to tee him high and let him fly this morning in a charity golf tournament. Jay, Pete, and Chris here. Appreciate the time. How are you, sir? Oh, doing great. Beautiful day out here. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way to say it, Jay. Better than probably uh, the weather in Ashburn, I I I guess. Uh, You're probably pretty close to Ashburn. I I don't know. Jay, uh, one and three, uh, all the good feelings after the Jacksonville win out the window. Um, I I can't ever say, is this rock bottom? But how's the temperature in your eyes, knowing what you know about that organization and knowing that, you know, this is year three, a very critical year three, and it seems like it's going in a downward trend? Yeah, it does seem like that. You know, after a good start against Jacksonville, they haven't really mustered up any reason for optimism around there. You know, the offense isn't playing good enough. Defense isn't getting any turnovers. They're having a lot of penalties, and uh, nothing really looks good. The quarterback they got isn't playing up to the speed, and uh, they got some issues. But, you know, they're three games back, quarter of the season's over. They better turn it around quickly. Jay, I, I you know, again, I mean, we have resurrection examples like Jim Plunkett, you know, who stunk in two different places before it finally clicked with him with the Raiders. But, I mean, at this point, is it – I mean, obviously, you know, you're not there talking to him or working with him every day, but you played the position. Is, Cal, is Carson Wentz salvageable at this point? And how much does the inconsistency of the offensive line play play into why his play is poor right now? Well, I think that's part of it. I think you have to look at the entire group of the offensive players right now, offensive line, tight end play, receiver play, obviously quarterback play. I don't think any of it's been good enough. Uh, they did run the ball better last night or yesterday which is a good sign. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't get things done to muster up any drives. But, you know, you got to relook at everything right now. Um, you got to get ready for next week for sure. you got to get a win somehow and uh, move forward. But, you know, there are some signs of uh, concern for sure. Jay, when you have all these problems in pass protection and a quarterback that tends to hold on to the ball way too long, and this is not a this-year problem. This has been a five-year problem uh, for Carson Wentz. When you have all that, it makes sense to go to a short, quick game, passing attack, what have you, which is what Scott Turner tried to do yesterday. But how do you counter that against a defense that then knows, hey, they're having trouble picking up pressure. It's probably going to be a lot of quick stuff. We're going to sit on a lot of their routes and maybe crowd the box slash line of scrimmage area. Well, I think that's what Philadelphia did, and that was a, a good recipe. And Detroit did the same thing, and uh, they're going to get a heavy dose of that. The teams aren't going to let them just sit back and run the ball first and ten and get to second and two and 
and run the ball in a short pass. They're going to crowd the line of scrimmage and force you to get the ball down the field knowing they have trouble protecting. So they have to figure out something quickly. they got to protect better. they got to get figure out ways to get some splash plays. Obviously, first and ten has been an issue for them, and uh, they're not doing a good enough job getting big plays. But, uh, yeah, they're just not good enough in any phase of the game right now to warrant any optimism. But, you know, um, protection is key. You always got to protect your quarterback, and they're not doing that. Jay, what's the what's the worst part about your two highest-paid players, or at least two of them, uh, not performing up to snuff? Because it's really, A, it's hard to replace those guys, especially when one is a quarterback. But, you know, as the head coach right now, what is that mentality like for Ron Rivera, knowing that, Wentz and William Jackson III over on the other side who they're paying a lot of money to um, are just not playing you know, professional-level football right now. Yeah, and not getting the ball to Terry McLaurin either. So, you know, those those are three of your best players right there that aren't uh, doing really anything. You know, uh, William Jackson had too many penalties, and obviously Terry's not getting the ball thrown his way enough. And uh, when he is, it's uh, not a very good ball. And obviously Carson's struggling with picking up, uh, you know, getting the ball out of his hands, and obviously with the protection issues, which aren't all on him, but there's a lot he could do better uh, to make the team better. Uh, also, William and the defense in general are getting some turnovers, but nothing's really happening with any of their good players. Jay Gruden joining us, as he does each and every Monday. Touchdown at 10, former head coach here, of course, and offensive coordinator in both Jacksonville and Cincinnati, currently a consultant for the Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams, who play tonight on Monday Night Football right here on the Team 980. Um, before we get to that, Jay, uh, you mentioned uh, or just talking about William Jackson the third. He was a man-press corner. That was where he had the most success in Cincinnati. They play a lot of zone here. He looks befuddled and confused no matter what you put him in. Um, do you think they're using him right based on what you've seen? And and can you use him where he's more comfortable, I guess, which would still be man, and, and, and still compensate for Kendall Fuller, who I, I don't think is a good man corner, and, and I think they don't think he's a good man corner. Can you, can you devise a scheme or, 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 or a, a setup to allow for the, the best of both worlds or best, of, uh, best talent uh, of both guys? Well, you know, if you have one good man corner and not another good man corner or a safety that can't cover man or your linebacker struggle man to cover, it's hard to play a lot of man-to-man because mm-hmm. everybody has to play it. You know, uh, William Jackson is definitely known for his press man skills coming out of college, and I know he did some good things in Cincinnati, and that is his forte. However, if your whole defense can't play man-to-man as effective as he can, you have to play some zone. And I know Jack Del Rio is more of a zone coach. He likes the quarters, quarter-quarter halves, two deep, three deep, and uh, not much of a man guy. But eventually they're going to have to get some pressure. They're going to have to have some five-man pressures, get some pressure on the quarterback, and try to get the turnover somehow, some way, and utilize William Jackson better. Jay, I mean, look, again, as someone who played the game, when somebody's not right mentally, and you can tell William Jackson III looks at times like he is he is totally confused or not focused. I mean, what do you do? What is it? What can a coach do, if anything, when you're dealing with players that right now it's not a physical thing, it looks like it's a mental thing with a player like that. I mean, you just have to wait till he plays his way out of it. Is that? I mean, because I mean, these are pros. These are supposed to be the best of the best, and you know, right now it, it doesn't look like mentally he's in a good place when they're out on the field. Yeah, uh, it's hard for me to just pick on William Jackson third when uh, the entire team is not really putting in position to win games or make plays. So they have to come together as a unit. Like I mentioned this last week, that the entire 11 guys on defense got to play better. They get more pressure. They got to cover better. They got to clamp down. They got to tackle better. 
Um, but even that being said, I think in the first half, they played pretty good defense against Dallas. Right. They, they put the offense in a position to uh, succeed and, and, and be successful. Just didn't happen for the offense. They scored one touchdown and none in the second half. So, you know, when your defense is out there and, and you're trailing all the time, and the entire playbook's open for the offense, the runs, the play passes, the RPOs. It makes it hard on them. You know, eventually they're going to have to get the third and long with a lead so their pass rushers can rush and their cover guys can disguise their intent. No doubt about it. Jay Gruden with us, uh, as he is each and every Monday at 10. Uh, back to Carson Wentz. So, Jay, I mean, obviously we know the pressure. The sacks have been a major problem. He's been sacked 17 times, constant pressure. Even when Dallas had a three-man rush, I mean, they're getting to him right away. The offensive line stinks. We all know that. Um, but Carson's also had three intentional groundings on the year and was sacked for a safety in the end zone. So, essentially, I, I mean, it's like 20 sacks over four games. We all know this has been a problem, but – what? Do you, do you think he thinks he can just escape uh, and move around and, and have the same athleticism he once used to have? Or is it just the knock against him that he tries to play hero ball? What, if you had to boil it down from you know your perspective, what would you say? Well, I think that's exactly right. I think a lot of times quarterbacks feel a lot of pressure on them to make plays. And if the play's not there... I used to always tell quarterbacks, don't make a bad play worse. Mm-hmm, Take a mm-hmm. sack or uh, intentional grounding, which happened a couple times last last yesterday. So yeah. he just got to realize, man, when it's time to abort a play, abort the play. You know, I, I, Every once in a while you can try to make a play with your legs and do that stuff. But if there's no one open and you're outside the pocket, throw the ball over to Ron Rivera and play another down. Um, it, it, all right, I wanted to ask you from from that perspective and what you just said because you're absolutely correct. But it, that was a knock against Kirk Cousins was that Kirk settled for a checkdown or yeah. Kirk maybe got rid of the ball too quickly before letting routes develop. Uh, you know, either way. But but is, is that kind of the mentality? Is hey, if you don't have something right away, you've got to get rid of it and, like you said, not make a play worse than it already is. No, you're exactly right. And Kirk was known for that. So was Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that did is it kept you in third and manageable. Mm-hmm. It kept uh, first downs moving. You know, you lost some uh, abilities to make big plays down the field, but you're moving to change. You're playing good field position. You're punting. You're backing up your opponent and making your opponent go 80, 90 yards uh, to score. So there's some merit to that. And, and good quarterbacks will find a way to get the ball out of their hands, keep the chains moving. And if they have to punt, at least they're getting good field position for their defense. Jay, the world will forget about the couple of interceptions because they were wiped out by penalty, but what the heck do we make of what's happening on the other side there with Cooper Rush and getting it done right now for Dallas while Dak Prescott is out? I think he's just taking advantage of his opportunity. I mean, this is a, a gold mine for him to make some plays and, and prove that he's a starting caliber quarterback in the National Football League. It's still Dak's team, there's no doubt about it. When he comes back, they gave him $40 million. He'll come back and start, but Cooper's making a name for himself, and he's showing that uh, other teams that – Heck, you know, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, and he'll be available to uh, be a starter soon. With them getting Dalton Schultz back and Michael Gallup back, and even though C.D. Lamb has some inconsistencies with his hands, where do you think uh, – and, and Dak could come back next week, I guess, as early as that. Do you think Dallas is a bona fide, legitimate Super Bowl contender, or would you still say because – uh, you know, maybe some issues at quarterback, maybe some other questions on the offensive line that they are a step below the bona fide, legitimate Super Bowl contender tag. Well, I always consider Super Bowl contenders uh, teams that have great defenses, number one, starting the year. So Dallas, in my mind, has a great defense. They have special players on defense. 
They had a corner with extremely good ball skills. They have two really, really good pass rushers. So they're going to be in a lot of games. And if that can come back and CeeDee Lamb and utilize his weapons, they have a strong running game, get their offensive line healthy, then yes, I believe they are Super Bowl contenders. Jay, yesterday, interesting decision um, in Baltimore. John Harbaugh decides to go for a touchdown in a tie game instead of kicking a go-ahead field goal. Right now in this game, how much are coaches wrestling with analytics and a chart and all this other stuff instead of that gut feel that says, look, let's just put the points on the board and put the pressure on the other team. And clearly Buffalo gets the pick and then goes down and kicks the game-winning field goal. Yeah, that's a tough call. You know, making the call to go for it's one and then having the right play call uh, to try to convert is another thing. Um you know, I think the thought was if they don't get it, it's incomplete. Buffalo's going to have to go 85 yards or 80 yards or whatever from their own one-yard line and get points. Um, I guess that's my only thought. But uh, that's a tough decision. I think analytics make a big play in some coaches' minds. Uh, others, not so much. It's more of a gut feel. But I think against Buffalo and Josh Allen, I don't fault the decision. The play call wasn't the best, but uh, the decision to go for the touchdown, I don't think it was the worst. The interception was the worst thing that could happen. Jay Gruden with us right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Um, Jay, when you spin around the division, you know, Philadelphia with kind of an ugly win uh, yesterday in the rain over Jacksonville. Jacksonville's no such thing as ugly win. There's no such thing as ugly win. That's fair. That, uh, that, that, that's fair. Listen, you, you, you take it uh, any way you can get it, no doubt about it. But, uh, well, all right, so then this kind of ruins my transition. The Giants also with um, – I don't want to say it an ugly win because a win is a win, right? Uh, but but all of a sudden, this division between Dallas, Philadelphia, and I still think the Giants are are a pretender. All of a sudden, this division is way better than it was uh, last year, or, or or maybe a couple of years ago. And, and all of a sudden, kind of sort of back, or no, not really. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, the Giants are playing good football with Saquon. I mentioned this before. You know, when you have a running back like that. It makes your quarterback a lot better, and he's athletic. He had two rushing touchdowns, so the Giants are proving that they're going to be you know, a tough team to beat, despite what everybody thought in the preseason. Philadelphia's defense is phenomenal. Jalen Hurst is playing at a top level, and obviously Dallas is good. So uh, Washington better hurry up and uh, get their stuff together, or it's going to be a long year for you. Jay, yesterday Mike Tomlin uh, ran out of patience with Mitch Trubisky, looked for a spark from Pickett. They actually did come back and get the lead in this game uh, before losing it. But, you know, the difficulty of making that decision of pulling a veteran and then cutting the kid loose, because, you know, when you cut a kid loose, there's going to be growing pains. Uh, But thoughts on Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, making that decision in game and going to the young guy uh, and obviously maybe going to him going forward. Yeah, I think uh, that has to be a process of using your training camp, your preseason game, say his picket ready to go if Trubisky struggles, which he obviously has struggled. And now it's going to be another tough decision. Do you keep going with Kenny or do you go back to Mitch? Uh, I, I think uh, once the decision is made to go with Kenny, I think it, you have to give him all the reps in practice. You have to get him ready. You have to make sure you school him the right way like he is a starter because you can't have split reps in a week during practice and say, okay, we'll uh, just play with a hot hand. I think mm-hmm. you got to commit to one of the guys. And you better do it fast. 
What is the benefits, dis, uh, disadvantages, I guess, to doing just what Pete was talking about, what you were mentioning, where you make a quarterback switch in-game versus at the start of the week? Because I think it would be, right, the practice reps or the lack of practice reps for a guy like um, uh, um, Kenny Pickett where he's not he's not getting the work and then you're expecting him to come in and give your team a spark as opposed to doing it like on a Monday or a Sunday night or whatever and just saying, we're going to do it and we're we're going to do it this way. Yeah, sometimes you don't have that luxury. I think uh, I think they had hopes that uh, Mitch would play a lot better than he did. Um, uh, injuries sometimes happen where you have to play the backup, whoever it is. Like the year I played uh, our backup quarterback when our starter got hurt, when Case Keenum got hurt, you know, everybody got on me because he didn't get any reps and he wasn't ready, but he's the only guy we had. But when you're making a decision to make a change based on performance, uh, that has to be based on, okay, the backup that we have, we feel like it was a spark and he might play better than him in game situations. But, you know, the jury's still out on that right now for them. Jay, uh, last night we saw elite on display. Mahomes, Brady, as a former quarterback, how do you appreciate what those two do? And albeit do it completely different uh, with different skill sets, but how do you appreciate what those two guys did in that game last night in Tampa? Uh, it's, it's it's frustrating to watch as an ex-coach. You know, you're like, man, I, what if you had one of these guys for a year? You need to still be coaching. Those guys are phenomenal. I mean, Mahomes, the things that he does with his arm angles and his mm-hmm. accuracy and his precision is sick. And the ability to make plays on the move, uh, it's ridiculous. He's the best in the business right now. Um, obviously, Tom's got all the Super Bowl rings, but uh, he's going to have to turn over the quarterback play to Patrick because he is playing at a high level, a level that not many people have seen. Why is Andy Reid so consistently innovative and ahead of the curve in terms of almost everything he does, or does it just look that way because he's got Mahomes? Uh, well, no, I think Andy's been proven he can be good with Alex Smith. I mean, he was very successful with Alex. He was successful with Donovan McNabb, and those are two good quarterbacks, don't get me wrong. Um, and then Patrick, they they are creative, you know. Simple ways to run a quarterback sneak. They motion the guy, and Patrick mm-hmm. is looking like he's audible, and the yeah. tight end comes and takes the ball, gets the quarter. You know, it's a little risky for me if the tight end's never taken a snap from center. If you fumble <laughs> the snap, you look like an idiot, right? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. And Andy always has something up his sleeve where he's going to give the offense uh, a chance to make a big play and have some fun with it. And that's the other thing. Practicing these plays on Friday and Saturday are fun for the players, and, and they like the creativity. Jay, I know it's. Uh, I know he fumbled the ball a couple times yesterday, but are, are we surprised at all that Doug Peterson has Jacksonville playing reputable football here this quickly in the first quarter of the season, based on what that club went through last year? Well, they went out, spent a lot of money on defense, so they fixed their defense up a little bit. Uh, they've had, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacks in the second year now with the quarter with the quarterback coach that knows what he's doing. They upgraded the receiving core with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Uh, they got a tight end presence a little bit. The running back, James Robinson, is running the ball hard. So they have the players now uh, that Coach Marone didn't have a couple years ago. So, you know, that helps. Jay Gruden with us uh, for another couple of moments. Um, Jay, Russell Wilson, you know, he's better yesterday. Uh, better than he has been the last uh, three weeks, but the Broncos are two and two. It's still not a well-oiled machine. How long? I mean, you you mentioned Alex Smith. Uh, like, how long does it take a quarterback in a new system, even one as talented as Russell Wilson, to truly feel comfortable and to be on the same page? Especially when Nate Hackett is a first-time head coach, and they've had some injuries on offense to absorb and deal with. Because at this point, it it seems like they are not getting. I guess the early return on Russell Wilson, and, and, and maybe that's unfair, but that's just what it is. 
Yeah, you're right. I think I think you look at the performance of Russell and, and Denver's offense, you'd be a little bit surprised to see them struggle as much as they do uh, in everything. Pass game, drop back, everything. Running game is not very good. They are still 2-2, two and two, though, so that's a good thing. But um, I don't know. I, I think Russell learning a new system takes some time for him, possibly. He's a smart guy, but still, new progressions, new protections, new snap counts. Might take a few weeks for him to get it, and hopefully, you know, they'll be better in the next few weeks. They're going to have to be because their offense isn't up to par right now. Jay, one of the best rivalries in the sport going right now is the Monday night game and, of course, your consultancy with the Rams taking on San Francisco. Why has this grouping between these two teams uh, gotten so good uh, here over the last couple of seasons? Well, Kyle and Sean go way back. That helps add to the rivalry factor, Um, and they've both been pretty successful the last few years, obviously. Uh, Kyle going to a Super Bowl and, and Sean going to a couple, so those are two good teams with solid franchises and very good players all across the board. But the superstar factor uh, for both teams is pretty good. Debo Samuel and then obviously Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Those guys have been healthy, stayed healthy, and produced at the level that they're getting paid to produce at. Go make some putts today and win some uh, fabulous prizes in the charity golf outing. Appreciate the time this morning. Thank you, Jay. You got it. Thank you, guys. You got Appreciate it. You. Jay Gruden joining us every Monday morning at 10. Great uh, scoot around the league there as always. And just, you know... I think every coach that's ever coached in this game would love to line up just one time with Patrick Mahomes and or Tom Brady. Uh, That display last night, especially as Brady got it going in the second half, Mm -hmm. that was something to watch. The one key turnover, though. We talk about the commanders constantly blowing momentum. They get the break on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire drop. And I I didn't think that was a great location for the ball from Mahomes, but Edwards-Hilaire has got to make that catch on fourth down on the swing. And then you think, well, Tampa, I think, is down by maybe a score at that point. I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a little bit more than a score, but they're right back in the game. Sure. And then, boom, he gets lit up on a cornerback blitz, and they, you know, he gets hurt. And I thought he was hurt. Like, and he, I he was, he's legitimately, he was de- definitely banged up. Look, he's definitely yeah. banged up, right. no doubt. He felt it. But that kind of turned that game probably for good, even though Tampa did – show some resiliency in the second half and kept coming back and coming back. They just could Atlanta, all they did was run yesterday because their quarterback sucks. Tampa, all they did was pass yesterday because their running game offered nothing. Six times for nine yards. How about that? Leonard Fournette owners, though, don't fret. He did catch some passes and score a touchdown. I'm with you. He did come through. Tom Brady, last night, I was Chris, I was losing by four points. I had Brady and the Buccaneers defense playing in the game. So I'm like, uh, I'm home free. Oh, here. you're going to win. I'm right? home free, right? And through the first half, I'm going, I'm still down by like two points because the Buccaneers defense getting right. lit up. So right, they're not right, getting right. anything. But Brady's second half came through. It helped your boy out. Today. By the way, a lot of one score games uh, yesterday around the league. There was some exciting football, yes, uh, no was. doubt about, just not down in Dallas. We'll get back to your calls now. It's your show the rest of the way. 301 230 Another disaster for Wentz and the offense. Another tough day for certain parts of the defense. Is it fixable? Open up your toolbox right now. Is it fixable? What's the fix? 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst till noon right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broken hearts for the Pittsburgh Steelers uniforms that Washington displayed in Dallas yesterday, hoping to get a bump that the Steelers usually get down in Dallas. Steelers have been one of the few teams that have done well traditionally and historically against Dallas. Washington tried to get some of that yesterday, and they sold a few shirts. The helmet looks good. The rest of the uniform to me was just kind of, eh, okay. I don't like the whole nameplate thing with the double bar over yeah, the. I, I don't. That, that I don't looks, love that. That looks arena footballish, right? Right. It, it, it looked weird. Um, just but put my, I, just put my name on the back of the jersey. Let me tell you something. They they got everything that they wanted from oh, that yeah. though because every you got site, Burkhart and Olson. Oh, you well, got Fox. You got Burkhart and Olson. You not got only that, Dallas. but every site and you know every like uh, Twitter handle that I yep. follow all the business sports business. This, that, oh, the commanders, this, the commanders, that, the commanders, this. Uh, the commanders stink. How about that? Let's start with that. And, and then we can worry about what? jerseys. If you lose, you're not going to sell many yeah. jerseys. And to to be honest, like you weren't here on Friday. So remember when we had the discussion about what the motivation was for doing the jerseys? Mm-hmm. And somebody pointed out, I can't remember who it was. Chris, shut up. They're, they're not even on sale. Well, we found out that Friday they were on sale. Just in time. Like pre-order. For whatever reason, I guess stock chain delays or whatever, they were pre-order. But the point is, is they were accepting your order starting on Friday and taking your money. Now, you might not get the jersey in time for when you want it, but you might get it for Christmas. You might get it for Thanksgiving, whatever it might be. You might get it and then, you know, uh, burn it in the trash. Whatever it is, the point is, is then they started selling it on Friday. And, of course, yesterday probably doesn't hurt, even though they lost – Again, like you said, Burkhart, Olsen, they're all talking about it. You know, uh, it's on Fox. It's in the main 1 o'clock window. It's the main national game because Fox didn't have the doubleheader yesterday. Uh, and so I'm sure they sold a ton of jerseys, which if you're looking for a win, that was the one you got. Let's go to line one. Mark is in San Antonio listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Mark? So there was a picture the commanders put up yesterday of Jerry and company posing with uh, 
Tanya and company. Yes. And I swear to goodness, I looked at that picture and noticed how uncomfortable Jerry looked. And it occurred to me, he didn't look uncomfortable because of the whole rivalry thing. He looked uncomfortable because he thought, you know, as bad as we have been, these people are shameful. They're disgusting. <laughs> and guys, you know as well as I do, and it doesn't need to be repeated, that's where it has to start. It is trash ownership at the top. When Tress Way should get a lifetime contract as your best player, that's horrifying. And I love the guy. He's the best punter in the league. But this is just a disaster. It's a total disaster. And, and, and to hear some of your uh, compadres up that way say, now's the code red game. We've got to get to three and three. What are we talking about? They're not going to win the East. They're not going to make the playoffs. Let's be honest. We need draft picks. We need people. Who cares about getting to three and three? It's over. Mark, appreciate it, pal. Thanks for listening for free on the Odyssey app. Let's go to line two. Anthony is in the county seat of this program. More callers from Upper Marlboro than any other city. What's up, Anthony? How you fellas doing this morning? What's Always up, good, Anthony? pal. Well, I want to talk about the game that can't shoot straight. This team, I've been a, a Washington fan since the 60s, and this team cannot cover. They cannot block. They're full of penalties. They hurt themselves every time something good looks like it's about to happen for this team. They shoot themselves in the foot. And the worst part of all, they can't coach. It is time for a change uh, at the top as, w- as with management as well as on the field because this makes no sense. Why would me? Why would it, being a fan even think about spending that kind of money? to go out to FedEx Field and watch this garbage. This is absolute garbage. They need to make some changes. And, fellas, I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Here's here's the better thing, or the worst thing for the commanders. It's not only not going out to FedEx Field and spending the money that people used to spend and going, and we've we've talked about the volume and the capacity and the seats and all that stuff. There's going to be a broken record, Pete. But we know this. Over the last, what, five to seven years at least, television ratings, radio interest, sales, advertising, sponsors, they lost, but Anheuser-Busch have gone all the way down, right? Yep. So it's not only the people not going to FedEx Field, it's the complete and utter apathy in some and anger in others. Go to line six. Philip is listening on the Odyssey app down in Texas. What's up, Philip? Uh, good morning, guys. What's up? Thank good morning, Philip. Yeah, thanks for making it. Well, I, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm not always yet, just because it's early. So here's what they need to do. They need to, uh, and I brought this up last week. These receivers that we have, we have a lot of weapons. It's just that Scott Turner's not utilizing them to the max. And I get it so, man, it, it just aggravates me because we have Cam Sims, Cam Sims on the sideline. You know, we know what, we, what he can do. And Scott needs to turn these receivers loose. He keeps running these scripted routes. You can, you can see in the replay, you know, you see Ter, Terry running like a, 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 an out route or, you know, it was like, Yep. Down, it's like it's ripped it, and you see Kelsey, you see uh, CD Lamb. They do whatever they want with the defense. 
Philip, your cell phone. Your phone's going in and out. But, but I mean, the, the, the point. The point. Hey, I mean, we understand the point. But also yesterday, Cooper Rush able to stand in the pocket and throw to C.D. Lamb. Carson Wentz unable to do that. Was his overall point was like when you when you look at the C.D. Lamb touchdown, right? He's bobbing and weaving and basically kind of almost hop like staying on the fence of whether he's going to go for a post to the the middle of the end zone or whether he's going to run a straight vertical or whether he's going to break it off to the right. the sideline is, is is like do we see enough of is is his point and his criticism basically hey we don't see enough of those type of routes where you have multiple options based on what the defense is even playing even if you did chris seeing, even if you did right you now does the quarterback have yeah. time to make that yeah. throw i mean yeah, that's, fair. that's good route running by lamb but yeah. that takes time and Ron's point on Jackson not pinching, that Lamb is on the numbers, okay? So it's a very, very slim outer third of the field for Jackson at that point. And as Lamb starts to go inside to run more of a post route, Jackson almost looks like he just stops running. Right. He's got to cheat and yes. squeeze down. I mean, there's nobody else behind you, right. so right. pinch down and take your chances and close in on him at right. that point. Let's go to line seven. Another Phil, this one in Maine, listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Phil? Good morning, guys. How you guys doing today? Hey, Phil. How are you? Thanks for the buzz. I'm doing all right. So I listen to your show all the time, but I rarely call in, but I love you guys' show. Well, we appreciate so, you. I'm I'm calling in, right, because I, I want to vent. And I'm venting because, you know, my family's a football family, but they don't really get mad about the games anymore. And I don't really get mad because, unfortunately, I'm used to it. <laughs> but just the the predictability of our team still is absolutely astonishing. I, I don't understand how I, as a fan, and one of your callers said it earlier, I, as a fan, can say, okay, we're blitzing Cooper Rush and he's throwing picks, but yet we're still rushing four every time. And I understand they've got good receivers and our coverage sucks, but at least make the dude uncomfortable. Like, I can call this defense, and I'm not blaming this on Jack Del Rio because it has gotten better, but better for us is just average, unfortunately, again. But... As a fan, I've been a fan for 30 years. I'm 38 years old. I've been a fan for 30 years, and I can remember having one exciting time as a fan, and that was with when RG3 got drafted. Other than that, I'm just – it's like, when do you have enough? And I used to be a, oh, it's a, it's a player thing. You know, the coaches don't put on the uniforms, or the owner hasn't touched the field ever. But this organization is just horrible. And how much do you take as a fan before you're just like, F it. And I told the producer I wouldn't curse, so thank you. <laughs> um, but how much as a fan yeah. do you just say, I'm, I'm done with it, and I'm always going to be a fan. I won't lie. If they put tickets on, on I'm going to try and make a game, always. But I just don't – the excitement for me, like – when we lose, I'm, I used my days used to be ruined when we lose. Yeah. But now it's just like, all right, guys, let's go pick some apples or something, whatever. It's not, a, it's not a disappointment. But I don't get a chance to vent to real fans like you guys. So I appreciate you taking my call. But thank, thank you for, thank you for uh, venting. and out there, guys. Yeah, and for listening. Appreciate it, Phil. Thank you, Call Phil. anytime, man. 301-230-0980. Let's go back to the top of the list as we recycle here. Rick is in D.C. on line one. What's up, Rick? 
All right, man. What's up, man? Thanks what for up, taking my call, and I appreciated it. Uh, great. All right. Appreciated the person who uh, answered my call because he was on point. The two wins, the most important two wins are the Dallas games. I think our players do not understand how big of a rivalry Dallas is. And then I want to go on. If we get draft picks, like the one caller says, they don't know what to draft. I mean, we continue to draft a quarterback early in the first round where we don't have an offensive line to protect the quarterback. We didn't have, what, 17, 19 sacks this season? Four games, four, what, three, four games? And we had that many sacks. We don't have no pass protection. We got great wide receivers. We could have did better with the quarterback we had last year because he has better weapons this year. We just needed to draft our offensive linemen and also the secondary. And um, the linebacker um, position is, 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 is our weakness. I mean, I love um, our team, but we just need to draft – Right, right. We gave us so many picks for Carson Wentz. We knew what we what we was getting in him. He get, don't get the ball away soon enough, and we gave up draft picks for that. We could yep. and cornerbacks. Yeah, I mean, Rick, know, appreciate so the call. Your phone. Yeah, thing. thanks, Rick. Your your phone's dropping in and out a little bit there. I mean, it, there's no doubt. The problem is, and I've said this all along, when you stink and you go shopping. You need people that are effective there. Pittsburgh's going through the same thing. They needed to replace Ben Roethlisberger. The options were not much at the flea market. Trade for Carson Wentz. Sign Mitch Trubisky as a free agent. They did both. They signed the veteran and drafted the only first-round quarterback in Kenny Pickett. So they And they're already seemingly on to the backup plan now because Pickett came in the game yesterday Scored a touchdown on the ground, threw obviously an interception while they were driving for uh, another potential score, which was a crippler. So that, is, but I said it all along. If Ron would have drafted a guy like Hal, whether it was third round, fourth round, because if you don't, if you don't trade for Wentz, you're probably drafting Hal, maybe even a round sooner than that, because Sam, Sam, Sam could have easily been a second day choice, and you stole him on the third day. But if you said from the get-go, hey, we're playing Sam Howell from the start and we're going to grow with him, then you understand, and Rod's probably got time here. And Scott Turner, by the way, signed a three-year extension at the start of the year. So everybody that's calling for him to be fired, he's not going to be mm-hmm. fired. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be fired. Because I don't see them eating uh, eating head coach money, Scott's money, right. Del Rio money, right. you know, whatever. But the, the fact remains is, when you traded for Wentz and you used your cap space, it put a pressure on you to really be good with all of your draft picks because you didn't have the you didn't a have the money to spend in free agency after that, and there wasn't that much to shop for. The only other guy that you realistically had a chance at was playing for the other team yesterday, and he made plays again. Anthony Barr, you know, he's played made key plays for Dallas the last couple of weeks. Yes, he has. But those were the only guy, kind of guys out there. They were not getting Bobby Wagner. Stop with the Bobby Wagner stuff. He was never coming here. He's an L.A. guy. He's at the end of his career. He was going to a team like the Rams in his hometown. That is a legitimate, solid contender. He so, met with Baltimore, but there's a huge difference between the Ravens. And well, the nobody, nobody would put Baltimore and Washington on the right. same except coaching it, coaching right now, John Harbaugh has taken way too many chances oh, yeah. last year yeah. and now this year. Yep, he's feeling a little overthinking desperate. it. Yep.
overthinking it. Just put the stupid points on the board. You got the best kicker in football and put the pressure on Buffalo down three to go down and score uh, and either tie or beat you at that point. But you've got to guarantee yourself to at least get the lead. You had a chance to get the lead. And, and you uh, and was the receiver open in the back of the end zone briefly? Yes. And Lamar, by the time he had to scramble out and throw, the defender had a chance to come back in and make the play. But it just goes to show you, coaching in this league, there's a fine line every single week between victory and disappointment. And Washington right now, unfortunately, is finding disappointment way too much. Chris tells us what's trending. All right, the Commanders attempt to clean up the sinking ship this Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, who are a little bit reborn after beating Indianapolis yesterday to even their record out at 2-2. Two and two. Before we get there, Ron Rivera will speak at about 2.30 today via Zoom to reporters after watching the tape of yesterday's frustrating 25-10 loss in Dallas to the now 3-1. and one. Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys, Washington 1-3. and three. If you missed Jay Gruden's breakdown of what went wrong for the Commanders, how the offense can improve, uh, lots of thoughts on William Jackson III and a spin around the NFL, please hit the Odyssey Rewind feature the Team 980 great 20-minute spot or so with Jay as we have each and every Monday right here on the Team 980. One of the things he talked about at the very end was the rivalry between Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay, the Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. That's your Monday night game, and it's here on the Team 980 beginning at 7.30 tonight. Rematch of the NFC Championship from last January. And that is what's trending. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Russell and Medhurst till noon. Burgundy and gold today. Then taking your calls at three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Hit us on Twitter at WrestleMania six two one at Pete Medhurst. Super to have you aboard on a Monday. Great to see you out here with the same intensity. We've been doing this day, 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 every day lately, and it's fantastic for us. We enjoy the back and forth, and hopefully, it gives you an opportunity to vent. Bring the toolbox to the table here. One in three, Tennessee and Chicago uh, up next. Is it fixable right now for this Washington football team? Because I like, I like how the one caller said, oh, "We've got to get to three and three. Yeah. The answer is, is it, it is fixable. The problem is there's 10 things to fix. Right. That's the problem. Right. It's not one thing to fix. There's 10 things to fix. And that and that in and of itself is as simple as I can make it without, you know, again, really boiling. And we can get throughout the week, we can get into everything that's wrong and how to fix it and whatever and micro all. That. It's not one thing. See, good teams have one thing wrong. Too many penalties, too many turnovers, too many whatever. Um, you know, not running the ball enough. Get that. Bad teams have double digits or around double digits, 10, 8, 9, whatever. Things you have to fix consistently in order to get right. And and it's just too much to climb. Let's go to line two. T's down in Indian head down there on Route 210. What's up, T? Wait, is this the is this T as in Tanya? Oh no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Just no, 
We can, we can, T is listening on his radio. Matt, put him or Chris, put him back on hold. Yep, can you put him back it. on hold? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's go to line three. Joe's in Baltimore. What's up, Joe? Baltimore, huh? How you doing, man? What yeah, up, I'm up here. Yeah. Hi, y'all guys doing, man? I'm I'm diehard fan, been a fan since 1980. Um, went to the FedEx Field event yesterday um, that they held in the gold level, the uh, club level. Um, it was really nice, but uh, only lasted till halftime. Um, basically, right now, guys, the way I see our schedule, because I always have to look like two, three games ahead to see where we could be based on, I, I think you guys mentioned earlier, that the problems that we could fix, and there are too many of them. I don't, I don't really see us winning another game the way that we're playing because the offense is draining energy from the defense. Mm-hmm. And it's a tug and pull, and it's a no win throughout the whole game. Special teams, I don't know what we're doing. Um, Dax Milne oh. just calls fair catches oh. when, he, when he's not supposed to. Wait a second. What, what, what about the kickoff return at the minus two-yard line, which he could have easily <laughs> oh, taken my. a knee, and he barely got past the oh. 15? Dude, stop! Oh, I, I, was eating a ham- I was eating a hamburger in a gold level, and I almost <laughs> threw my food on my son. <laughs> After I saw this stuff, oh, it, it, was, it was bad. But um, I, I hate to really lose faith because I've had faith all for all these years. I'm not going to lose it. I'm up in Baltimore, man, where it's a quality organization, even though they lose sometimes. Quality organization. They treat their players well. They recognize problems, and they have strengths, and they have a game plan. It's just that, man, our, our team doesn't. And the way I see it now, man, the only the way we're playing right now on no cylinders at all, the only game I really see us having a competitive chance to win is the Texans game. And that's it, man. Everybody else is, is just coming all cylinders at our quarterback who is a, a, a rabbit in the backfield every time he hikes the ball and he sees one person come through. I got to be honest with you, Joe, and thanks for the call. Glad you had fun with your son. Uh, and, well, as much fun as you could have at FedEx Field. But, Pete, there are no games that are winnable. Like, EB on the Junkies keeps talking about how we were God's gifted, the schedule and all this. Listen, there is no, no, in no way, shape, or form – Tennessee, Chicago, um, uh, Houston, Giants. There are no guaranteed wins or easy wins well, or I mean, the even Giants, sure fire wins. The Giants are a perfect example. Jacksonville's a perfect example. If they play, I mean, Jacksonville's got to be looking at themselves going, how the hell did we lose to Washington right now? Because they've improved, uh, you know, week by week. Gave Philadelphia a solid tussle yesterday. Uh, up there in Philadelphia before succumbing 29-21. But you look at what, you know, I mean, the Giants, perfect example. This is a team that, you know, couldn't do much of anything last year. They go out and hire what appears to be on the surface a really good coach and combine it with a guy that looks like he's going to know what he's doing in the front office, and they're already sitting at 3-1. and one. Imagine what happens when they get, like, everything they need to get fixed fixed. That's going to be even a bigger problem in the division. I mean, they just keep falling behind even in the division. We're sitting here talking about, you know, getting to 3-3 three and three in the conference and all that other stuff. We thought, I mean, I said the East was going to be better, but the Giants have replaced Washington as the team that I thought would add that third team to the mix. But again, good coach, 
and what we think on the surface is going to be an excellent front office executive in Joe Shane getting the job done there. Stay right there. We're going to get to Delaware, Virginia, and a whole lot more. We see you out there, whether you're listening live on the Team 90 or streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Final hour of a very quick-moving Monday morning show. It's Russell and Medhurst till noon right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.